We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining me for this episode is Donna Fischer. Donna is a team builder slash team architect slash motivator. I first came across her a couple of years ago. Uh, the word culture is probably the biggest word in sports at the minute. And we were, when I was building the program at Bakersfield, culture was obviously something that we prioritized and we were looking to build and grow but I felt that it was really 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 slow tangent Uh, we were doing leadership meetings we were doing all the things that I had read that was to grow leadership and and grow thinkers and take control of it etc etc but it just wasn't moving very quickly so um, someone put me in touch with Big D it was Matt Kozenuk at Cincinnati she came in and did some work with them so she came in and we just went from one extreme to the other she just accelerated the growth um, with the program leadership uh, motivation daily habits and then she took it in a direction which I didn't think she was going to so it over overshot my expectations completely whenever the coaches started improving and I started questioning things and I felt that was the a huge huge growth to my my side of coaching too which was um, how I was communicating and how I was presenting myself in, in alongside the culture and alongside my staff so she's done an awful lot for for my my growth as a coach and she's done a lot of work with the NSCAA at the conventions and anyone who's seen her in action uh, you can see how inspirational she really is so uh, you're gonna get a lot out of this here I would recommend that you have a pen and uh, and take some notes because this is gold from from Big D. So enjoy, Big D. Thank you for joining yeah. me this morning for the for the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Excited to get you on. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely excited uh, excited to uh, to be on with you, Gary. Brilliant, brilliant. Right, I'm going to go straight into it and hit you with a, a right hook here. Coaches talk too much on the pitch talk too little off it agree or disagree agree yeah we and, and i'm gonna say we because right i i was uh on the field coaching for 13 years uh so yeah sometimes we want to teach so much that we we're, we're saying we're saying too much on the field and they can't they can't absorb it uh, or they just tune us out. I mean, especially in uh, resting at resting points, you know, water breaks, whatever is in between drills, transition time. I wonder if sometimes we just like listening to ourselves. I don't know. But you, you definitely got to think about the the amount of absorption that they, you know, the kids can take in. Kids, I mean, when I say kids, it's whoever you're coaching, youth, college, pro, I'm still probably going to call them kids. That maybe shows my age. But 
we have to start talking to them more off the field. And for me, that's just being a human being and the authentic self, my authentic self as a coach, connecting with the authentic self that uh, of who they are. And that's just uh, that's just basically you as a human being, right? People, I look at players as in, in a three-step pattern, and, and I talked about this on, on the webinar for your, your mentorship program. It said it's people first, person next, and then player last. And I think we need to we need to get to know what do they value? What's most important to them in their life? If it's their, you know, sister or brother, their dog, their, you know, ice skates, I don't know, what, whatever it is, those conversations we, we have to have. And um, the, the players, they're – they're attracted to that. It's it's like you're a magnet, and it's you're drawing the kids in. They're going to run through a brick wall for you. Then I say. So. So far. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to shut up because I feel, I could just step up on my soapbox and just keep going, Gary. <laughs> well, we'll get you on it. Don't worry about that. Um, so as a as college coaches, we're almost in an environment where it's easier for that because you have so much access to the players. You can bring them in for chats. Um, meetings but for a high school club how do you you know is it is it more informal those is it uh, is it done with a family how would you advise a high school coach to build to get a bit closer yeah you know i would say it you you gotta look at it in an informal way you know absolutely and so it's it's an informal interaction but it's in intentional on the part of the coach. So, uh, you know, high school club, can you get to the field, you know, a little bit earlier and be out on the bleachers? Don't sit in your car and try to catch up on text messages, Twitter, and email. And then when you're out there on the bleachers, maybe, okay, maybe you're setting up the field, but are there some moments where, you're just there being, and you're not on your phone. And so a kid might come out of the car early and sit down, and you can have that interaction, that informal, hey, you know, uh, Joey or, you know, Susie, hey, I'm going to set the cones up. Come take a walk with me. Let's chat, right? And so you're having that informal interaction there. Now, <laughs> hey, I know that now, nowadays we have club coaches. They have back-to-back teams. Right, so there isn't, there maybe isn't that transition time for maybe the middle team that you're coaching, the before or after, and so you've got to become more—I don't know—more creative, per se. You know, can you can you flip flop the time so that there's at least an early, and uh, you can stay later with. Uh, with a team at least, you know, once a week and just go to a kid and say, hey, let's, uh, you know, t- tell your parents, you know, give us five minutes. Let's just, let's just chat. So, 
is being intentional on the, the informal interaction. Now, for sure, you can, I would always encourage scheduling, quote unquote, formal meetings, right? Um, where, you know, I don't know, you set up shop. I don't know. I don't know how you do that as a club coach, but I'm sure there's a way. But I think bare minimum is scheduling or, or being intentional about the informal interaction. Mm -hmm. Do you think as coaches, we just get carried away and everything has to be perfect? You know, like there you're saying about walk around, hey, come and set up the cones with me, or it's not a perfect situation. Like we love the cones set up in a right way. We love the, if it's going to be, like for me, I would have always thought a talk had to be set up, scheduled, 10.05, the player walks in. Because <laughs> coaches were like, we, we need to be better and, and opening our minds up towards that informal where like someone can just have a chat without having to schedule something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I'm preaching to myself here. We, I mean, as coaches, we're we're wanting we're wanting perfection out of our players on the field we're we're wanting to have a perfect session right it's always perfect in your mind and then you get there <laughs> things start happening but you know the, the line of cones needs to be straight and so i think we do take it to this this degree and i mean honestly if if you go to 30,000 feet and and take a big picture look i mean Gary, we're we're human beings. Our players are human beings, and we're we're not going to be perfect. And I think the what truly connects to another to another person is when you can sort of accept them when they know that they are accepted as a as an imperfect person, right? As an imperfect player, like that. That is, that's huge, right? Because, um, and it doesn't mean that it, they're going to be content in, in, in that, you know, I mean, we're always all trying to challenge ourselves and get better. And But just to, I call it sitting in somebody's mess with them, right? Um, we have to do that more with our players. I mean, what the research shows, the studies show that, Coaches are top, you know, top five, if maybe you know, number three in major influencers in in a kid's life. We got to take that seriously, and so we're not just teaching them soccer. We're we're teaching them things around soccer because ultimately it's going to make them a better player at the end of the day, right? So long. I mean, long story short, yes, Gary, we we have to be okay with just practically speaking, make it work, right? I mean, you, you're inside of a game and you have to adapt to somebody getting injured or this or that. So we have to adapt to our situations. And, okay, I'm a club coach. I'm a high school coach. So how can I be creative and get to the end result of connecting with my players on a just human-to-human -human basis. Mm -hmm. 
Because it's easy to make excuses, right? We all make excuses in in so many different domains of our life. It it'd be easy to say, well, I'm in a rush, or this or that, or I don't get paid enough to do that, or or I've got my third team that I've got to go and run off and right, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, or I've got to go and talk to the coach on the next field about how bad my players are. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, we won't go down that road. Um, yeah, no, no, but no. That's a whole other session. In the webinar, you said communication is verbal, body language, and facial expressions, and physical spacing. What are some things that coaches who struggle with communication have in common? Struggle. Well, when you say struggle with communication, I mean what? what is the struggle i mean there's so many struggles yeah um, yeah i mean what if people because and i sometimes a modern soccer coach the, the the books is almost like the old school coach and the new coach the old school coach is almost the, there's a disconnect between that coach and the, and the team um yeah what do you think is the biggest form of disconnect what's the biggest danger yeah. saying almost i would say we don't we don't think about our body language enough, mm-hmm. right? It's or well, and and or you know, it's okay. Use your body language to definitely show, like, show what you want, or add to the verbal side, right? So, I mean, is it good? Is it good or not good for? one of your players to see you throw your hands up or, you know, slam your notebook down or sit on the bench and cross your legs and, you know, just fold your arms and just, you know, almost in a pouty face, right? Because they're not playing well. It, so are we, are we, that's the disconnect. I think we don't, we don't think about what we're projecting body language wise. We don't, even our facial expressions like they the players see it you think you're just facing you know you're just talking to your assistant coaches but the players see it and maybe it's not the player on the field at the moment that the facial expression is about but their friend on the bench is looking at you and they see it so so these things can work against us but then we can use them we can use them to help us like coach try try smiling a little bit more <laughs> right i mean it's uh, it, it it does wonders for relationships and the the physical spacing is one that people don't talk about much i add it i add it into communication because it is it's as a coach if you're close enough you know, in a practice session, for sure, can you walk closer to that player that you're communicating with one-on-one? Can you put their hand on their shoulder? Uh, and so on and so forth. So I think in all areas, the, the commonality is just awareness, the lack of awareness, and then the lack of using these things intentionally on the positive side to get across something like the more these are congruent the more the more information is going to be received if that makes sense Mm -hmm. 
verbal, body language, facial expressions, physical spacing. I remember when you started with us, uh, working with um, my staff and myself. Yeah. Um, probably a real low moment in your career, but I remember it well when you started. <laughs> when you started working with us, you sat down. So you had you give us a schedule of two to three days, uh, and then towards the end of it, you had scheduled a coffee with us. You sat down with us all, the staff, and I wanted to discuss observations. And you picked out little areas that you felt were holding your back us back things like you know, what, why were the water bottles so far away from where they had to break and you know, yeah. do you realise that you positioned the team towards the sun for your post practice talk, things like that um, do you find the environment holds us back that we in- unintentionally create or does it cloud the message or does it do both I, I don't know if, uh, I don't think it clouds, clouds the message I think the we're we're so caught up sometimes in the session itself we don't think about we don't think about the little things like that and who's going to you know I would hope that assistant coaches you know and co- and heads or as colleagues that they're they're picking up these little things and and helping each other grow and adjusting stuff but yeah it's well it, how much time? How much time does it waste for the kids to run way over to where the water bottles are, instead of, you know, in that instance, them being closer and it can be a, a quick transition. Now, if there's another purpose where you just want them away from you as coaches so that you all can talk, well, that's that's something, you know, that's something else. So every, to me. Every second of a training session should be thought about before you get out there. So, you know, what, just so that there's, there's tempo, there's quick transition, there's rhythm, and the, the communication is carrying through the whole, you know, the whole time. It's, it's not like, it's not stop and go. It's just, it's, it's continual movement. As coaches, we all pride ourselves on being detail-oriented, and it's almost like whenever you add awareness and you increase the intentional things that we're doing and start to think on that day, you realize that detail only is, we're only scraping the surface of what we're doing. Well, yeah, and sometimes, Gary, it's it's just asking yourself, why do I do it that way, (laughs) right? I mean, so... And the answer a lot of times is, well, I've just always done it that way. You know, well, the kids, you know, the kids have their water bottles off on the side, you know, for a club practice over by the bleachers. Well, then they get, you know, they go over, get a drink of water, and they get, you know, their parents then are in, in their ear, maybe. But, like, okay, well, if you don't want that, have them bring their water bottles out to the middle of the field, right? Or or in a space where they're away from them and they don't get distracted or have the parent coach trying to give them information, right? So it's asking ourselves, well, why do I have them leave their water bottles over there? You know, what can I... Can I change that? Well, yeah, sure you can. Why not? So I think we need to 
we need to go to 30,000 foot sometimes and, and be able to look at everything and say, why do I do it this way? Why do I allow this? Why do I say it this way? Can it be, can it be different and there be change that then is going to increase productivity, increase focus? Etc. Etc. Mm -hmm. One of the most important things I thought you brought to our program, and, and that you teach teams, especially the captains, is that leadership is is tough. It's an extra commitment. So when yeah. you, when you come in to work with a team during preseason, you spend two to three hours, an extra two to three hours with that leadership group. So players, which is a lot for a college player who is normally, you know, tired during preseason. All right, yeah. we're done for the session. No, you're going to have an extra hour meeting with, with Big D. Uh, yeah. Is, do you think we've got the wrong impression in society in general that leaders are born and it just comes naturally? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're wrong with that. I, they're, they're not. They, I mean, okay, yeah, so you might say there's, you know, players are, born with some sort of you know wiring in their personality to be a certain way and maybe right you know rise to the top but that doesn't mean that there aren't things for them to learn right that doesn't mean that okay they've got the stamp of approval and they have everything that it takes right i when i first started coaching college I went into to my boss after the first semester and I said hey we, we need we had a leadership uh, problem and I, I said I think our captains they just think they're in charge of like the coin toss and you know warm-up and, it, and it's more than that right it's it's building relationships so that you can help build the culture and persuade i mean pers so much of leadership is persuasion and selling things getting the buy-in to the culture right mm -hmm. and so we have to leaders create culture and so that includes us as coaches we're leaders but then whoever those those kids are on your team those model model players that have some maybe some leadership qualities okay now let's take them and pour into them because then they are going to be it's going to trickle down it's the law of multiplication then they're going to be leading you know everyone else so we have to you know, we have to spend time with with those kids you said in your webinar with the with the mentee group that people's names are the most important words to them. Uh, I think so. I completely agree. So this made me laugh. Do, do you think coaches are missing a beat? Like the one thing I realized where when I came to the U.S., like in, in Ireland, when you walk down the street, everyone always says your name. In the U.S., when you walk down the street, people are walk on campus. People just say, hey, what's up? Or, you know, right. Do you think coaches are missing a beat? The one thing that I that I can't stand is coaches making up nicknames for themselves or they call a player by their hometown or their area. So like Susie, Texas, Texas. Do you, th yeah. 
do you think co uh, college coaches or club coaches should be more aware of what they're actually calling their players? Such an easy thing. Well, I think, I think if if you've confirmed with that player that they're okay with that nickname, then it's a term of endearment, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay? So then it's as if that nickname, Texas, it is their name. Okay? The problem comes in when you're, you're calling a player by a certain nickname and three years they're a junior and they come into your office and say, yeah, I really don't like people calling me that. Like, what? <laughs> True story. I'm not telling, I'm not making this up. True story. I've had two or three situations and I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness. Okay, so if if there is a nickname situation, make sure ask the question hey is is this okay for for us to be calling you this your teammates to be calling you this blah 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 and if they're fine with it then it it is it becomes a term of endearment uh, so so then but i would i would still try to use their name you know, occasionally i mean here's the thing is so people call me big d right well people call me big d since for 17 years so it is my it is my name to me, right? It's uh, and and when people call me that, it's actually they're 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 almost in with me tighter, right? It's they they know me, and so I think you just wanna you just wanna make sure if if all that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You tell coaches to walk slowly through the crowd. Can you elaborate yeah. on that? Love that. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. So, I mean, it just goes back to the whole concept of, of connecting with your players and building the relationship. So I, I think I, I stole that from John Maxwell. He, he said that at one live event I went to years and years ago. And it's, we're always so in a fast pace, rush, 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 right? When we're walking to the field and we're, we're on our phones or we're just quickly going through the hotel lobby on a road trip or at a tournament, you know, to get to the next thing. And for me, I think as coaches, we need to literally walk slower through the lobby of the hotel right? Don't, because this is what happens. And don't be on your phone. Just be looking around. And what happens is you're going to make eye contact with that player that's sitting in the lobby. And it's an opportunity. When you make eye contact with somebody, it's an opportunity to exchange a smile, right? We've already talked about that. Smile more. It, you know, just a, a quick, a quick exchange, maybe, maybe just passing, but maybe there's a possibility that you can stop and have a two minute, a two minute interaction and engage with that person. That's, that's investing. That's investing in that player. Maybe it's a two minute interaction, but you have a chance to ask them about 
you know, their tri- their uh, trip home to grandma's, and you were talking to them last week about how they love their grandmother's spaghetti, right? Well, you now you you're interacting with them. You have a chance to ask them about that. And what does that player then say? Oh, wow, coach remembered that. Coach coach cares, right? And so I think it's it's everywhere, even just in general in in public can we can we can we walk slower into you know home depot or into starbucks and just have our head up and be a human being and smile at somebody or say hi hey i i love your purse where'd you get that mm-hmm. i i need one like that right mm-hmm. <laughs> and you never know what's going on inside somebody's life and just that you notice somebody, right, and ask them about where they bought their purse. Because you, I mean, that could that could be everything to that that person uh-huh. you know, that day. So, yeah, I mean, don't you think so, Gary? We're 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 so fast paced. Well, uh, I, po- I posted I mean, a I posted a video on Facebook. I got it from YouTube. It was Erica Demers. Um, yeah. She's from UAB. She's U- UAB. UAB. Yeah, yeah, UAB. No, I've never met her. I don't know her. Um, but I know her. She's good. good. She's Great good. person. Yeah. Her, like, yeah. Her whole like it's two minutes. All she's doing is, or it's not all she's doing, but the main focal point of she's doing is she is showing attention and awareness to to technique, to effort, to fashion. Someone's wearing a sweater that she likes, and I thought, yes. wow. And like, yes. I would. That's the opposite of me. I would have. Where I would think I'm a focused coach, I'm focused on the game, but that's not necessarily a good thing if you're missing out all this other stuff, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's, and so, like with Erica, I I think it's, she's looking at them as people first, Mm -hmm. right? And then person next is them as an individual, right? Okay, people, they're a human being, but then next, they're, they're a person, an individual that likes certain things, you know, has uh, has their own story of their background, and and so you're you're learning about that side, that side of them, and then the the player is last, what they do on the field. Um, so I, yeah, walk slowly through the crowd, just just looking. I don't know. I think it's just being a human being to other human beings. <laughs> yeah, which we're we're uh, we're getting worse at as society, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, this well, is- so you just made me think of one thing. Sorry to interrupt you, Gary, but the headphones. Seriously, I mean, what? I mean, you walk you walk across a college campus. And there is no interaction because they've got their headphones in. Yeah. I mean, it, and so, okay, I get it. Sometimes, okay, maybe you're you're listening to a podcast, right? You listen to Gary Kearney's podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, so you're educating yourself. Yeah. But we, you, we both you, know that's not. Do you not... typically, if you walk by somebody with their headphones on, do you typically have an interaction with them? Oh, like, I, no. I stayed at an Airbnb last night and went down this morning. There was too many people there for me. There was three or four people staying in the same house. And I thought, how do I get out of a situation where I have to spend 
uh, a lot of time talking up to this group of people, so I stuck the headphones on me. So it's the same. It's it's a I'm yeah. communicating that I don't really want to get involved in a conversation. Yeah, it's to me headphones is a barrier, mm. and so if I'm you know if I'm around a team. Or, or anything like that. I and I encourage coaches have a have a time period where your players they can't have their headphones in, right? In in maybe uh, in an airport and just have them interact with each other. How can you help a coach balance holding a player accountable and have a strong relationship? I think I think the strong relationship is what allows you to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what I always say to my players is the, our relationship our relationship goes deeper than this current circumstance. So whatever and I've said that so many times and in different scenarios, the current circumstance could be, hey, you just had a horrible game last night, yesterday, or you've had a bad practice this week, right? But it's, you know, I, so I'm going to get on you, right? I'm going to, I'm going to push you. We're going to ask questions. We're going to, we're going to talk about reality here. But that's me talking to your performance self and. What allows me to be able to be tough on that player is I've built the relationship just human being to human being, authentic self to authentic self. So they know I value them as a human being and a person. That's not that doesn't change. That's why I say it the way I do. Our relationship goes deeper than this current circumstance. So the fact that you didn't play well is not going to change, you know, our relationship, you know, player, our player coach relationship. I mean, that's, that's something different, but I am not, I am as your coach, I have to push you in these areas. Right. And so to me, they go hand in hand. I think it is difficult. It is very difficult to hold a player accountable if you have built no relationship with them, mm-hmm. because they're going to look at you and be and say, "Why? You don't care about me, right?" Or, or all all you care about is whether or not I score goals for you, coach, and so you can get another W in the win column. I don't. So. And that's being a transactional coach. It's transformational coach is you build the relationship with the player and let them know that they're valued, that they're they matter, that there's there's worth there's worth to them because they're standing in front of you. And when that kid knows that, then they're they're going to be more of a risk taker, I think, because they. They know. They know that 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 can't be that can't be messed up, mm-hmm. right? They're they're I'm going to push their performance, but it's a safe. They're in a safe place, mm-hmm. right? That's what 
that's one of the greatest human emotional needs is safety. It's yeah, physical safety, but emotional safety, safety to make, is it, is it okay to make mistakes and I'm not going to be, you know, thrown to the wolves, so to speak. So I think they go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. accountability and and relationship. One, one empowers you to do the other. Oh, that's, that's a really, really good tip for a coach. Um, yeah. we're, we're both, you and I are both fans of the book Power of Habit by Charles Durig. We've, we've spoke about yeah. that before. Um, that yeah. We're basically conditioned to do certain things and it's very difficult to break patterns. Yeah. In your opinion, working with teams and coaches who are most resistant to change, the coaches or the groups of players? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. It's, it's definitely a tough one. I I don't <laughs> I think I think there's there's coaches that are resistant to change sometimes because we well because because change is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? And we we want sometimes sometimes I think we we look at it as well if I'm changing something and and if it's a drastic change then I'm I'm not good as a coach or I'm 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 saying I w- I'm saying I was wrong before mm-hmm. well maybe that's the truth and so what <laughs> I mean that's a that's a strength to me is is changing things and adapting and you're you're doing the best you can in the moment but that doesn't mean one month two months next year you're not going to grow from things and realize you want to adapt and change change something so i think coaches definitely need to be cautious of, of you know to not resist change to not resist uh, questions or being challenged in a respectful way from their assistant coaches or colleagues. And now, from the from, from the player perspective, you're asking Gary, you know, if if they're resistant to change, a- absolutely. There are certain players that are resistant because, again, it's. We're, we're pushing them into discomfort or and this is the interesting one that could be a whole nother topic they don't even realize they don't even realize that what they could accomplish if they put more into themselves if they invest more into themselves mm-hmm. so so when I think a change is, is typically okay we're asking players to maybe have better habits or have a little more discipline, invest in themselves more. And they, they look at you like, well, I'm, I'm being successful with what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And we, and as coaches, we, we think, well, yes, that's true. Yet you could be so much better and do this, this, and that if, you if you just invest a little bit more so i think they're resistant to change because of discomfort and sometimes because they just don't 
they haven't even been shown or taught that they have another level to get to. Does does that make sense? Completely agree. What I've seen in the women's game has been, the college game has been that what what made me successful before, actually the bar's been raised. So like I look at the game now and what it is even was five years ago. I think players are better athletes now. I think they're better soccer players now. Yeah. So yeah. now that player saying, well, what I did yet last year, two years ago was good. But the things things change. The game changes. Their bodies change. You know, if I ate junk food a year ago and I, and I got away with it, maybe my body's changed and I don't get away with it now. So it's that. It's it, but it's the same for coaches. It's the reality. Self awareness. It's no. It's being right. smart enough to know. I think there's too many coaches that think that they're stepping outside their comfort zone, but they're only reading a book on it, and then they're just you know right. they're doing the same right. things, same things, same thing. And you know as much as. The college, I don't think the college game, a lot, uh, you know, challenges us as coaches to step outside um, enough. Which is why I think this is, you know, all this stuff about, you know, you're talking about the players. Do we know that there's another level? But as coaches, do we know that there's another level of connection? Well, true, true, very true, right? Mm-hmm. And so, just just yesterday, uh, I introduced to to one of my teams this this idea that there's two types of progress, okay? And this is, is connects to what we're, we're saying here. It's there's horizontal progress and there's vertical progress. Well, horizontal progress is, it's, it's doing, it's doing the same things and, and getting, you're getting somewhere, right? But it's just, it's almost just chronological to it, to a degree. Does that, does that make sense? So there's, there's progress, but it's just copying. It's copying over and over again the things that work and doing more of the same. Vertical progress is doing something new and getting progress from that. So I'm I'm wanting this particular team to to really zero in and focus on vertical progress. What are you know, if you, I mean, the old, the old adage, mantra, whatever, you know, it's, if you do the same things, you get the same results, right? That's, that's sort of horizontal progress. So can we implement new things into our own lives, personal life, life, you know, as a, as a player, new habits, you know, eat more salad, less of the French fries, you know, add 10 minutes a week into, you know, personal, personal investment in your career and, you know, the, the liability, getting better in your liabilities. And, and can we really see, you know, implementing these new things, can we get more of the vertical progress? So I think it's, I think it's something is something missing. We we get stuck in a we get stuck in a routine and a rut of well, this has been successful, so I can just I can just keep doing it and have success. But thing, things need to things need to change and adapt all the time. Yeah, I see. I I don't know why that's not a motivator for a coach to do different things. I just think the steel yeah. the staleness of doing the same thing of. I know nobody is a greater creature of habit than me. Like I, I would take the same. I eat the same breakfast every day. I drive the same route to work. All those things. <laughs> my, it drives my wife mad. But in terms of professionally, like I just I hate 
two th- I hate two similar days at, at, in soccer. I just think that that's the exciting part of the game um, is is just seeing a different side of it or opening your eyes to something. Um, oh yeah, and I it's. So I think here here's the challenge for especially for college coaches is the grind the the everyday the calendar it's it's constantly I mean year round it's one thing to the next and so we have to be intentional I mean that's one of my favorite words if you haven't figured it out we have to be intentional about finding a 24-hour period, uh, you know, two or three days where we block that off our calendar, whatever time of year is best for you, and we 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 go to the 30,000-foot view of our lives and our program that we're leading, and we say, okay, let's put everything out on the table. And maybe you do this by yourself, but maybe maybe you do it with your staff. Okay, let's put everything out on the table and ask the question, why do we do it this way? What are the other options? And you sort of, you reflect and you become aware of different things, and then that's where the change happens, right? But what? But we're so stuck in our routine and fast-paced and feeling behind and having to do this and that and that we we don't, It'll be five years down the road, and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, I, I wanted to take that two or three days five years ago." Yeah, <laughs> but that's because our our automatic response as a college coach, having lived in that in that world for so long, our automatic response to things not going well is to recruit a whole new brand of players. So yeah, that's where yeah, I want to yeah. like with the mentorship. It's uh, if you can create something, then you can be more confident in defending it, and you can be more open to changing it and it's yours so is that is that is that not a bigger motivator as as there's more there's going to be more pressure on the coaches over the next five to ten years more politics in the coaches more people wanting to get involved and 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 almost disrupt what you're doing is it not better to go a route that's that's authentic not just to your personality but also to your style of soccer and merging those pieces do it I mean, what are are you saying? Do it your way, or no? I think surely the motivator for a coach, for the new the new coach, should be to not just to get excited about wins and losses or climbing up a ladder. Surely it should be to do something different and to be someone different because the world has it's full of critics now. It's full of pressure. It's oh, full... yeah, and we have to we have to keep things exciting and that's what brings motivation and and for ourselves in 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 the workplace right as well as for for our assistant coaches if if we're a head coach and and then also our players things have to be fresh and using the the word routine again we we get in these routines and we have to think about the emotional map of the players as well as the the physical the physical piece and getting you know rest and recovery their their emotions and 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 things like that are important and so we 
don't want to get stale in things. Mm-hmm. The end result is 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 the players, right? Mm. But they don't. One of the most, I think, one of the most powerful things that you did with our staff was to talk about the lid analogy of an organization. Oh yeah. E- even though it's about the players, they can only go as far as the staff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the law of the lid. It's. Yeah, in a scale of one to ten, ten being your best best day ever, one your worst. If you're if you're a six on a given day, or you're a seven in in such and such area, in an organization that your followers typically are never going to surpass the level of the leader. So if you as a leader, as a coach, are not a risk taker, let's say in the area of of risk taking, you're a you're a six. You like to play it safe, right? Well, probably your players aren't gonna be risk takers then. That's the lid. You are the lid uh, on that, and so we have to adapt and change and grow and keep raising our lids so that it it gives space and room for the for the team to to follow suit. I love that. Love that. Still, even it drove our conversations, even as a staff. You know, where if it was if someone wasn't open to an idea, um, probably me. It was like, well, if you're <laughs> open to something, then then we can't expect our play. It almost gives you a standard of to hold. And do you find right. that on, on that note? Do you find then that staffs, you know, that that even though we can be close and be friends, that we struggle as staff sometimes to challenge ourselves and hold each other accountable. So maybe we need a, a different, a different set of eyes. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, coaching staffs. It's it is. You, you can be you can be close uh, close friends, but it is still it is still difficult to have that conversation or bring you know, this up, uh, you know, whatever this is. And so what I try to do is, is drive some of that. I, I, you know, have coaches uh, fill some things out and and kind of process uh, some things uh, on paper. And then, and it's literally about the people that you're working with and how, how things happen in the office and communication processes in the office and pet peeves right Mm -hmm. and and then we come together as a as a staff and i just i did a skype call reviewing this one time for three hours with a staff no and it and it was good it was good that it was that long because they were willing to go deep and and you know talk about hey yeah when i bring this up this is your type of reaction, and so then, you know, it doesn't help. Or hey, I love it when you do it when you when you say it this way, or I love it when you help me with this, and and so you're able to see what works, what doesn't work, and because again, back to the lid analogy, your relationships with each other as colleagues, as a staff is the lid for how you want your players to have their relationships with each other, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you're a mirror. So the success of your relationships with each other, and those, 
best on display for for your players to see every day. It's just it's just like the relationship you know parent parents have the the kids the children they they see that that's that's their definition of what relationship is and so are you as a staff raising the bar and raising the lid and really giving them a great example of how how relationship and working together is supposed to look right yeah what's last question for you a staff who and this is where i think I even have joined a staff now and we had our first meeting here in Chicago yesterday where you're yeah. talking about different... Uh, the, the longer I'm in coaching, the more I feel that the, the staff should have different, you know, bring different things to the table. Um, yep. And how, do you, how best is it to, to go around that as a head coach or even as an assistant coach to, to grow that connection with the, with the staff? Is it... Is it informally? Is it formally? Is it just being more intentional? I think it's both. I think yeah. I think it's it's informal and formal, and it's it's being intentional. Uh, I think. I mean, you definitely want you want different different personalities. You want different different um, strengths on a staff, right? So so first off first thing that came to my mind when you started talking was yeah as a head coach are you vulnerable enough to hire someone that is better than you in a, a certain area of the program right some some head coaches do not have the capacity to be that vulnerable right they and it sounds look it sounds like it's counter countering what we just talked about with the lid <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, i'm not wanting it to to sound like that but right if i'm a ceo of a corporation i i want somebody that's you know fantastic in finances and for them to just do you know do that i want somebody in research and development that's that's fantastic in that i don't want to be the expert right so in our environment it get somebody that is passionate and loves video breakdown and all everything they can do with that and you know using you know the tactical pad and 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 also all that and so for example when when uh, i was working with amanda cromwell at you know, University of Central Florida, you know, we, we did, I was the leadership expert. I, the cult, uh, you know, the culture person. And so I drove that. I mean, Amanda, Amanda will tell you, you know, I was better at that than her. And so that's why she gave it to me and said, you're passionate about this, go with it. So can you hire or find people to fill the slots in your program and and they're better than you in those areas and then the next step is okay again just connecting with your colleagues authentic self to authentic self outside of soccer how's their family doing are they you know have they 
have they not seen their family, you know, in a while because of recruiting? And you, you just need to send them home for the day, and you'll cover practice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's looking at them as a human being, and uh, a person next, and then their performance or production as a as a coach. Brilliant. Brilliant. God, there's so many levels to this, isn't there? You know, there's the oh gosh, there's the yeah. there's the team, and this is what you know. Not to not to go off on a tangent, but what I learned was we we brought you in as a team, you know, because to grow our help, grow our team culture, and then you get there, and then it's this. There's a staff element to it, and you realize, oh, oh wow, there's that, and but then above everything, it's almost like there's this self element to it. You find out more yeah. about you. You're either holding it back some days or you're driving it some days or someone has yeah. to carry you it's just it goes so deep um you're gonna have a lot of people if you haven't already you're you're talking about your presentation and the, the united soccer coaches there's so much demand now for for what you do um with yeah. teams and even i posted a video there and someone tagged someone and was like this is what you need um there's <laughs> co- coaches are going to listen to this and be like oh, i need this is what i want to find out more uh, what's the best way to to go about getting in touch with you to find out a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, it, just emailing me. Uh, they, anybody can email me at uh, info at donnafisher.com uh, or my Twitter. I can receive direct messages from, from anybody. My Twitter set up to, to do that. So uh, just DMing me there. And uh, I'm always... I'm always wanting to help, uh, help coaches as as much as I can. I I love coaches, and that's why part of, part of what I do is, besides the leadership team culture, is it's coaching coaches, and and being that sounding board for them. You know, um, different bringing different ideas and 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 helping out. So yeah, email me there. Um, it's probably it's probably the best way. Brilliant. Big D, thank you so, so much. Um, we will talk again. Maybe we'll have a take two of this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, take maybe two. Pay, pick a certain topic and then uh, and go right in. But uh, this is brilliant. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure chatting. I, always, uh, I was writing stuff down there. I always learn stuff whenever I, whenever I talk to you. So even though um, <laughs> you're not working with me directly, I still get a lot out of it. All right. Thanks, Thanks Big D. So Appreciate much. it. Talk to you soon. All right. All right okay. Bye now. Thanks, Big D, for her time and insight there. You know, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Every time I speak to her, I get a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of information about improving and kind of taking, just looking deeper into coaching. And that's what I always say, modern soccer coach, what we want to be about is about going deeper. And I find that she talks about taking this 30,000 feet view. and I. I've never done that before upon meeting her. It's just taking, almost taking a, an outside look at your program and being, well, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? And I think as coaches, if you're, if you're open to someone asking the why, I think you can, you can really, really grow and get better quicker than a lot of other coaches. And, and we do so many things today that we don't even notice that we do. That's why I talk about that book, uh, about the habits, is because we hold ourselves back by our daily behaviors and that's something that when she talks about uh, walking through a, and taking your slow walk slowly through a crowd um, you know once I I only recently have 
become exposed to that there and I just find myself cringe at what I used to do and I used to walk through hotel lobbies with teams and keep the head down, get to my room and then just worry about making a difference on the training field or the game field and it's not enough, it's not enough to get investment from a group of players and it's not enough to drive personal investment in the relationship side too so um, yeah I would advise any coach who's listened to this who is the ears perked up and, and there's things that they want to get better at is to to get in contact with Big D and shoot her an email and try to get her out to your team and try to get her involved in your program. She works with a certain amount every year, but the exposure she gives you, um, we, we were at Bakersfield, she was coming for two days in pre-season, two days in the spring season, and she was doing a weekly Skype with the leaders and the captains and the coaches. and the, it's, It was just amazing, just having someone who, who was a part of your staff um, last thing is that what she did for me as a coach was I was I would always then kind of write an email with issues that I was dealing with and just halfway through the email I would be shaking my head and be should I send this because I know what she's going to say so once you've got Big D's voice inside your head and she's ingrained in your program culture standards environment then all of a sudden you start working with a different an additional set of lens and I think it helps players and I think it helps staffs and, and I would recommend anyone to, to look a little bit deeper into, into getting involved with her, she is different class so we'll get her on again um, if you enjoyed this please, please, please do the usual, do a little tweet Big D is very active on Twitter so uh, please tag her in anything and um, yeah, thanks for listening and have a great week Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.